Good morning. Kind of move myself in up here. I've got a few props. We're going to see how things go. We are not currently sponsored by Coke, so Joe's not going to run a video uh, halfway through the sermon um, of the Coke polar bear sliding down the lane or whatever. Uh, so yeah, so I've got a little demonstration later that will go along with that. Um, but welcome. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm excited for shorts and sweatshirt season, finally here. Um, I've been waiting for that for a long time, so definitely happy about that. Um, today, we are going to continue on uh, where we left off. We've been going through the Lord's Prayer for those of you who have not been here. Um, so I'm going to actually take a moment and read through that, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and then we'll kind of dive into... Uh, the end version of that. So, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, so, over the course of the last few weeks, we've been going through that. Um, today, I'm going to focus in on and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, but Brian has spoken and uh, Kevin and Josh, and um, we've really kind of broken that prayer down. That is the prayer that Jesus taught us um, on how we, how we can pray. And um, prayer is so pivotal to how we address temptation in our life that um, I love how it kind of sums up at the end. So we're going to spend a lot of time uh, speaking about temptation today. Um, a little bit later on, probably next uh, midway through next month, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the difference between tempted and tested. And uh, we'll dive a little deeper into that. But today we're specifically going to focus in on this um, uh, verse 13 there. And, and I just feel like um, throughout that prayer, it talks about uh, God's glory, talks about God's gifts, God's grace, and now we're going to talk a little bit about his guidance and how he kind of guides us uh, um, as we walk through uh, temptation, as we walk through life. Um, so I think to start with, it's important to talk about what is temptation. Um, it's that desire to kind of do something that is wrong or unwise. Um, it's a desire to engage in kind of a short-term urge for enjoyment, um, which takes the place of those long-term goals. Uh, it certainly can be sin or it can lead us to sin. Um, and, and, and temptation looks a lot of different ways. Um, I will try to make today's uh, message uh, bring in some personal aspects to that because everybody sitting in this room right now struggles with temptation in one way or another. Um, clearly mine has to do with eating. Um, in some cases, you can't tell what a person's struggle or temptations are. Um, I think it's important to know that we all struggle we all have our difficulties. Um, and temptations could be good things. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about that as we get through. Um, but as you can see, one of my struggles my whole life, and 
One of the reasons I wanted to do this sermon is I wanted to dig deeper into my own temptations. Um, Because quite frankly, I was getting tired of dealing with some of them. And I wanted to put myself in a position to look closer at myself, hold myself accountable, but put it out there for other people to hold me accountable. Um, It's easy as we get into discussions about temptation to to kind of make light of some of them. Um, But in reality, temptation is, it can lead us away from God. Those temptations can certainly impact our relationship with God. It can impact our ability to rest in Him. Um, And it certainly, without a doubt, impacts our ability to rely on Him. Um, Because with temptation, we, we tend to want to handle it ourselves. Um, we're going to dig into a little bit where does tempt- temptation come from um, in just a moment. But I think when I talk about relying on ourselves, um, think about not everybody needs to go on a diet, but how many times have people been on diets or I, I did this or I did that or uh, making choices in our lives, and we put it on, we start with I. And when we start with him, things start looking a whole lot different. Um, because it's not about what we can do for ourselves, it's about what he does for us and what he's already done for us. Um, and it just helps us kind of grow in our relationship with him. Um, it is, we've talked about it several times, a lot of times it's, it's a pride issue or a comfort issue. Um, And we tend to have these temptations that that we we allow ourselves to be overtaken by, and then we start justifying them. Well, that's okay. Um, um, You know, it's okay if I have, uh, you know, it's Michael's birthday this week, so we got a huge cake. Did we need a huge cake? No. But you know what? Um, The cake was still there, and we're, you know, we're still working on it. We don't need that. You know, we start justifying, well, it's okay, it's his birthday, or it's been a busy week, why don't, why don't I just run through McDonald's on the way home instead of going home and making good food that we have in the fridge, you know? And so it's, it, it, it becomes little battles, and it becomes little trials within our lives on a day-to-day basis. And um, in some cases, we put ourselves around friends who in one way or another, encourage us to lose that battle. Um, If we struggle with food, guess what? We're going to find somebody else who struggles with food, and we're going to go eat together. Or if we struggle with alcohol, we're going to go out and drink with somebody. Or if we struggle with drugs, or if we, depending on what our struggle is, we can find people that can jump right on board with us and take us in a bad direction, or we could find people that are going to help us with that. Um... And so I think it's important to be first honest with yourself. God knows exactly what your struggle is because he knows you better than you know yourself. So I think as you go through, um, as we start talking about temptation today, where it comes from and what it looks like, I really want you to take some time to reflect on what your struggle is in your life and what you're, you're working through and dealing with. Because um, I think it's important to, to again, towards the end, we're going to talk about surrounding yourself with people that are going to 
going to help with that. Um, and I think it's important to know what you're up against. Um, and I think so often there's shame that, that goes right along with our failures when we, um, when we struggle with temptation. There's that, that shame and that guilt, and then sometimes it just leads to more things and more sin. And um, if we don't address that to begin with, it's just going to be a cycle of over and over and over and over again. And um, so through this process, I, just, I don't want this just to be a message today where you're like, oh, that was a nice message as you're driving home on Sunday. I want this to be something you're thinking about throughout this week and how you can make, and I say you, but how you can allow God to make changes in your life um, to address some of these uh, struggles and, and issues. Um, so, so where does temptation come from? Well, Scripture says in James um, 1.13, uh, let no one say when he is tempted that I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Um, when temptation happens in your life, and as I, I stated already, in, in, in about a month we're going to talk, really talk about temptation versus being tested and the differences and what that looks like. Um, but Scripture, God's Word tells us that he is not the one that tempts us. Um, it is the enemy that tempts us. And right from, from the beginning of Genesis, we see how the enemy works in people's lives. Um, so if temptation comes from the enemy, how does he do it? It's not always a blatant, you know, right in front of your face sort of thing. It often comes through lies. It comes through deception. Um, the enemy helps you create that justification in your mind. Oh, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's been a busy week like I talked before. Maybe I'll just run through McDonald's on the way home. Those are personal things that I struggle with. And so I, I am so, so good at justifying things in my life. Because um, I'll say, well, I'm not doing that. But you know what? Someone else is doing that who's not doing something else. You know, it's... It's so easy from an earthly perspective to, without even realizing it, start putting yourself on a pedestal and start, start judging others when you're not even meaning to judge others because you're trying to make sense of what's going on within you or trying to make what you're struggling with, what you're going through, a lesser thing. Um, so... In John uh, 8, uh, when he lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is a liar. He is the father of lies. Uh, let's see. In Satan then will also, he kind of blinds us. He blinds us, uh, the minds of unbelievers. Uh, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light. So he's trying to not only tell us lies, but he's trying to keep us from those truths as well. Um, he will often masquerade himself. Um, let's see, Second Corinthians, uh, Paul talks about um, some people posing as apostles who are not. And it says, even Satan disguises himself as the angel of light. Um, that's where that justification comes in. We start, we, we start think, thinking good things or or things are good and they're really not good for us. 
Uh, we start um, buying into the deception and the lies. Um, there's, some, there's a student that I work with that, quite frankly, he lies so much, I, think, I honestly think he believes the lies he's telling me. Um, I'm like, I, I had to literally show him videotape from something he did in the hall. That's not me. Like, how is that not you? But it, I'm like, it's, you're dressed in the same thing you're wearing right now. That's not me. I don't know who that was. And I feel like he truly, by the end of our conversation, I'm like, all right. He just believes his own lies. And I think we do that to ourselves. Um, it, it's the enemy just gets that foothold, just gets the door open just a little bit. And that's all he has to do. Because then that doubt starts spreading. Then you start justifying things more. Then you start lying to yourself about things. And then you get to a point where you're, you know, well, I'm not doing that. It's, it's okay. I'm, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. And then you just start judging people. And, and it just kind of snowballs from there. And things get... Um, more and more difficult for you to, to realize that you are not looking at yourself in a healthy light. You're not looking at yourself as a uh, person who's truly supposed to be following Christ. Um, because it, it gets in the way of that. Um, it's easy to say, well, I do, I go serve, and I do this, and I teach, and I work with the kids uh, on Sunday morning, and those are good things, but if that's all we're focused on, then we're not focused on continuing to grow. We are not going to be perfect. If we could be perfect, then there was no reason for Jesus to die on the cross for us. Um, but he has done that for a reason, and he has done that to, um, to love on us, to care for us, to take those sins away from us. So while we're here, we are we're always going to struggle with something. But the fact that we try to take over, the fact that we, we somewhat ignore what Jesus did for us because we want to try to do it ourselves. So we talked about how Satan uh, tempts people to sin. He kind of creates that doubt. Um, I mean, think about uh, Judas in the last hours uh, of Jesus' life. Um, Paul warns too in Corinthians, uh, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 11.3 warns against this for all believers that I'm not afraid as the serpent deceived Eve um, by his cunning um, your thoughts will be led astray from uh, the sincere and pure devotion to Christ. The whole point of the enemy trying to deceive us trying to lure us in another direction trying to um, throw wrench in our works is that he is trying to remove he's trying to just separate us from Christ he can't overcome Christ he's not more powerful than Christ so he is trying to use what tools he has through deception and lies um, to to remove our relationship with him um, Josh has talked a few times uh, up here about um, kind of putting on masks. And we do that when we struggle with, with uh, temptation. We put on these different masks. We, we pretend we're something that we're not necessarily are. Um, and then we hold that guilt inside. We hold that shame inside. We hold that, um, all that inside, and that's exactly what the enemy wants for us. 
He wants that stirring inside because that's creating doubt. That's creating confusion. That's not allowing us to rest in God's peace that, that God has laid out there for us. Um, because we allow this world to kind of overcome um, who we are in God's eyes. We, we allow that to happen. If we, it doesn't change who we are in God's eyes, but we allow um, our own worth to change because of how we approach things. Um, talk about the deception. Uh, the best example I could come up with is, is a deer hunter. I see Rusty sitting over here. Um, you know, I think of uh, how, does, how does a hunter work? Well, he goes into the woods. He's dressed, he's got camouflage pants on, camouflage jacket. He's got a camouflage hat on. He's hiding in a, a deer blind that's camouflage. He is disguising, he or she is disguising himself as something else. Something that's, that's very natural to a deer. Okay? So, and that's exactly what the enemy does. He, he, he puts himself in our lives as something that would be naturally in our lives. And he makes it look like it's, oh, it's not a big deal. I'm going to go over um, here and things are going to be okay and things are going to be fine. And before you know it, that deer hunter's shooting. Okay? So... As we, as we think about that now, Rusty, I got a tip for you. What I really think you should do is just drive your truck out in the middle of the woods, turn the lights on, start honking the horn, because they will jump right in front of your vehicle. It happens to me like twice a week right now, okay? So you don't have to be as nature-y as you think you need to be. So, um, but, but that's exactly what the enemy does. The enemy lures us in. It makes it look like we're in our natural surrounding. It makes it look like that we are comfortable, that it makes it look like it's a safe place. And then it changes on us. And before you know it, that enemy is right in front of us. That enemy is staring us down, and we have nowhere to go. But we do have somewhere to go. We have to go to the arms of Jesus, because he's taking care of our problems for us. I was reading um, A Desire in God earlier this week, um, and I'm going to go ahead and just read it directly because um, I thought it, it was a really good way. It's talking about Romans uh, 6, uh, 15 through 23. Um, Paul calls us to look behind today's temptations and imagine a spiritual reality. Behind every temptation is a master, a merciless and cruel master. He holds out life, honor, and happiness in one hand, but then hides death and hell behind his back. Whenever we disobey God, we place ourselves in, this in the service of this master. We, can't, we cannot follow two masters in our world. And so often on any given day, that evil master is right there. And they're laying, they're laying the good out in front of us to just wait and provide us what's, what they're holding behind their back. But we cannot forget that our good master is right there with us as well. So if all temptation comes from the enemy, how does God protect us? 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. 
God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So there's so much just in that scripture there. One is, we often think when we struggle with something, we're the only one that's struggling with it. If we took the time right now to write down all of our struggles, we could have groups around the room. It, it would be easy. But we want to often present ourselves as this perfect Christian that follows Christ, which is kind of an oxymoron because we're not perfect. That's why we follow Christ. And so I think um, so often throughout our day, we have to remember that that, that, that other master is there. Um, when I read through that, I actually, I actually printed off... Um, I kind of created something in Word. I put a picture of Jesus on the cross, and I put a picture of food um, on the same paper, and I just wrote, which is my master today? And I stuck it in my office. And as a reminder, every day, those are things that I, I don't want. I want it to be on the forefront. I want it to be in my head that this is your struggle, and this is something that you can move beyond when you decide you want to surrender it to God and let God take care of it for you. So it also talks about you will never be tempted beyond your ability. God is saying that we can overcome this. God is saying we can overcome those temptations. He also says that he will provide a way to escape it. So if you think about that, in just that, that short scripture... He tells us you're not alone. There are others who struggle with what you're struggling with. He tells us that you will not be tempted beyond your ability. And he tells us that he will give you and he will provide you a way to escape those temptations. Let's go back to the original scripture. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us. That means he's going in advance for us. He's going to direct us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to bring us through what we're struggling with. It says lead us. It doesn't say lead you. So again, we are not the only ones that are struggling. Everybody in here is struggling with something. Deliver us from evil. He is going to think about deliver, to carry, to, um, to bring something. He is going to deliver us through this. He's going to provide a way through this. Okay, And again, us. Deliver us from evil. We are not alone in this. We are a community of believers um, that can help each other through our struggles. So in God's own word, he is there with us. He will carry us through the temptation. Um, uh, let's see here. We conquer old self with the deceitful desires by filling our minds with the truth. The precious infinitely valuable, Christ-exalting truth of Scripture, to put off one's old self, which belongs to a former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed by the spirit of the minds. God delivers me and you from evil by saturating us with the Word, and we ought to join Him in it. He is taking care of this for us. But there are some things that we can do to help us 
in a situation where we will surrender these things to him. I think of the story, um, Brian and I were talking as I was prepping for this, about um, the story in Exodus where um, the Red Sea was parted and the Israelites were up against, um, you know, here we've got uh, Pharaoh decided he was going to, you know, the king changed his mind and and so he's sending all these chariots and like hundreds and hundreds of chariots are chasing the Israelites down and, you know, they're questioning God and they're questioning, you know, Moses, why did we do this? Um, and then God goes ahead and parts the sea and doesn't just part the sea, but dries it up so that they can walk through to safety. And that's such a great visual um, because even though some of our sins seem small. Some of our temptations seem maybe not as a big deal as others. It can lead to death. It can lead to not being with God for the rest of eternity. And I think this is a great example of how he lifts those walls. I mean, think about like probably 40 stories high of water on each side and they're walking through this and it's dry and they're able to walk through and you know it, it reminds me of uh, when Jesus is in the boat with uh, um, the parable where Jesus is in the boat and the waves are crashing in and he's sleeping and it reminds us that it reminds me that you know here's this here's first of all a group of fishermen who spent their life fishing on the sea okay so they're fishing on the sea um, which was known for storms. And all of a sudden there's a storm that is so big that they are freaking out thinking they're going to die. And in a moment, Jesus sits up, not only calms the storm, but the waves just stop. You know, and I love that parable because it makes me, um, I've spent a lot of time on the Great Lakes. Uh, it's just a place we'd like to go as a family. It's something I did growing up. I grew up about 20 minutes from Lake Ontario. And I could, like, it, it, the reason this story, I think, speaks to me is I can remember after a storm, hours later, the wave's still rolling in on Lake Ontario. Even though the storm is long gone, the waves are still going. But yet, in a moment, Jesus just calmed it all. The wind stopped. The storm was gone. The wave stopped. And I think so often in life, we are so focused on the storm that we forget who's in the boat with us. So what can we do to allow Jesus to work through us? Um, just the other day, uh, Stephanie Osborne posted something in our, in our house church chat. It was an article by John Piper um, that basically said, um, we can do nothing. And it talked about, um, say, a man, the man was paralyzed and all he could do was talk. But he had a friend there who was strong, who loved him, who cared for him, who wanted to take care of him. And so this guest was coming over. And um, basically it was saying, how could, how could the paralyzed man glorify his helper, glorify the person that's there to take care of him? Well, he wouldn't say, no, don't take care of me. He would say, do you mind setting me up so I could visit with my friend? Do you mind taking care of me? Do you mind adjusting me? And, and he would allow that helper there 
to take care of him. And that is a way for him to glorify his helper and to give thanks to his helper to not fight that, to accept that, to allow that to happen. Well, we have a helper in our life who will do that for us. But so often we push that helper away and we try to do it on our own. John 14, 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. He has given us the helper. We have to get out of the way and let that person, let that spirit that's inside of us work through us. That's how we overcome some of our temptations. That's how we overcome our struggles in life as we allow Jesus to do that. We allow God to do that. We allow the spirit to work within us to do that. When we try to do it on our own, we get in the way. But there are things we can do to allow the spirit to work better in our lives. We could get into accountability groups. We could be in the word. We could pray and simply just ask him for help. We could serve and love on others. We could spend time devoted just with him. That is, when we do those things, that's when we allow the Spirit to work through us. That's when, that's when we build that relationship with God. That's when, we, uh, that's when we are getting out of our own way and letting God take over. So now it comes to our Coca-Cola time here. So we're going to have three glasses. The first glass is just milk, and I'm spilling things everywhere, and that's okay. How many of you would tip one of these back in your mouth and just say, forget the milk? <laughs> Told you I had a problem with food. All right. What is in this cup right here? Chocolate milk, okay? This is just milk. This we have milk, we have the chocolate syrup just sitting on the bottom. This is the unbeliever, the person that doesn't have the spirit within them. This is the believer who has a spirit in them, but tries to do it themselves. This is the person that, that doesn't allow the spirit to work through them. And this is the person that has a spirit within them and allows the spirit to take over. It becomes something different. This isn't milk with chocolate in it. You all said this is chocolate milk. It becomes something else. When we allow the Spirit to work through us, God will transform us into something else. There are people in this room I've seen him do it with. And it is so powerful and it's so encouraging. But we have to allow each other, we have to support one another. We have to keep pointing each other back to Christ. We talk about accountability groups and it's a good thing. 
Um, and I told Zach and, and Digger I would share this. Um, several years ago when we were working together, we started getting together every week, and then um, Kevin moved to a, another district, and so we still, on a, almost a daily basis, we are texting one another and we're sharing scripture and we're just kind of sharing our lives together the best way we can. But then we started really sharing our struggles with one another. And you know what we found? We got to a point where we were just like, oh, yep, screwed up again. Let me tell my boys and they're going to, you know, it's okay. God loves you. But we stopped holding each other accountable for that. Part of being in an account of, and we, and, and we had that discussion and we kind of we, we came to an agreement on how are we best going to support one another but hold each other accountable. Because what happens is we, again, we find people to share our struggles with, but maybe they're not pointing us to God. Maybe they're just let it being okay that we have our struggles. And so we as, a, as and, I, and I think all three of us are believers, you know, and true followers of Christ, but I also think that we got to a point where we really stopped holding each other accountable. And we just started, we just, we got into this phase, for lack of a better word, but just, yeah, it's okay, God's got this. But we weren't, we, we were going through the motions, we weren't being real about it. And so as you pray, as you fast, as you get into accountability groups, as you reflect on what your struggles are, um, you have to be real with yourself first. God already knows what's going on. Tell him about it. Talk to him about it. That's what he's there for. Because um, he is going to give you the way out. He is going to help you overcome it. Um, and I just pray, Lord, that you... You open up opportunities for people to share their struggles with others in a, in a trusting, safe place. God will put the right people around you. Um, but you're not going to share that with other people until you're honest with yourself. Um, and I just pray, Lord, that um, we just take the time to be open and honest with others. I'm not expecting people to come up here and share hey, I struggle with this or I struggle with that. If that's what you feel called to do, do that. As I walk through this um, preparation for this, it was very clear to me that God wanted this group of people here to hold me accountable. It's not necessarily easy to say that I struggle with food. It's pretty apparent, but it's not always easy to say that. But I think, um, I, think I, I, I have some just amazing people that God has put in my life. Um, and I think it's, I, I am so in love with God right now, I just want to get closer and closer to him. And that was interrupting it. And so for me to continue to grow, I have to be honest with you. Finally honest with myself finally honest with God. Now I've got to be honest with you. So I'm just asking all of you to love on one another, to serve one another, and, 
and through those moments, take some time to reflect on where your struggles are. Find those people that you can be open to but are going to hold you accountable. And just, um, just, just put yourself out there. God's got it. We can do nothing. God's got it. He will take care of it. We go ahead and close in prayer here. Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, for who you are, for the people you put around us. I thank you, God, for giving us a presence in our lives where we can feel comfortable being open and honest with one another because we know we can rest in your arms. Um, I pray, Lord, that you could just reveal your awesome power to the people that are in this room and show them how you and only you can overcome their temptations. I pray, Lord, that you will allow people to rest in your peace um, because that they have had the strength and the courage to surrender to you, to live your life. Um, I pray that those that have the spirit inside of them um, will get out of the way and let God transform you and let God change you. Um, and I just thank you for the people you brought together here this morning. I love you. We trust you. We praise you. In your precious and holy name.